0: Hello. Thank you for joining us. I'm Heidi Rue, and this is Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. And um, the whole reason why we exist is to help give you the resources that you need to create the career that you want. And so that's why we do this podcast is because we bring industry professionals on here and they share their insight and wisdom and experience. And so you get to learn from them um, totally for free. So I am so excited to say that we have Maria Pendolino today from Buffalo, New York, cold as it is right right now. Um, She is a award-winning voice. Actor. Um, I'm a voice actor too, and obviously I couldn't say an award <laughs> um, altogether. She is a, a professional working actor. She's been one for more than 15 years. And she's got a musical theater background. She and her husband Eric were on HGTV House Hunters. And she also came in second place for the fastest talking New Yorker contest. Um, so, Maria, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. Wow you you did your research and you found some good tidbits.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. I've got to go back and find that episode so I can watch it because I love me some HGTV. So
1: yeah, it's called Battle for a Basement in Buffalo, and you can find it, oh you know, on gosh. demand and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's a real kick. <laughs> oh man,
0: I'm already like, did they find a basement? I don't know. I want to watch it and find out. <laughs> So, Maria, will you kind of give us a little bit of history? What led you to voiceover?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was living in New York and I was working as an actor doing um, theater, TV and film. So kind of I I was on the circuit in New York. I had dreams of being on Broadway. I was auditioning for theater, national tours, um, regional theater, summer stock theater where you get paid $250 a week to do theater in a barn, uh, anything like that. And then Um, It was right when kind of the renaissance of filming television in New York on location was really coming up. So this is when, you know, there were multiple Law and Orders on the air. Boardwalk Empire was filming in New York, that kind of stuff. So I had an agent sending me out for um, TV and film guest roles and things like that. Um, And I was just looking for ways to make... Money In between these bookings that I was getting, Um, I got booked on a television show called Army Wives, which filmed in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I was booked for three episodes and I had like time in between each episode. So I knew I couldn't like take a theater job. And I knew I couldn't book another TV job because I had to be available for those upcoming episodes. But I would have like stretches of like, you know, 13 days where like I could do something else. So um, a friend of mine suggested that I look into commercials because uh, he said that commercials, you know, typically cast quickly and you can kind of do them in between things. So I took kind of uh, one of those one night seminar workshop things where you get to meet a casting director or meet a producer or an agent. Everybody gets an educational opportunity. You get to read a piece of copy. And um, I did that with a casting director in New York. And I just had a lot of fun in the class. So I went up to her afterwards and I was like, hey, if I if I really wanted to do voiceover like more seriously, um, you know, do do you coach? Are there classes I can take? Um, and she ended up becoming kind of my coach and mentor and led me on my path to, you know, auditioning for my first commercials, helped me get my first voiceover agent. And then I was kind of off to the races. I I really loved it. I loved Mm. that you didn't have to get picked up by hair and makeup in a van at (laughs) 3 o'clock in the morning. You weren't on set for 18 hours. You could kind of, you know, roll into the studio, do your work, roll out. Check comes later. Um, and then I, you know, just kind of kept pursuing it. And then uh, around 2014, uh, I was making more money as a voiceover actor than I was as an, any other kinds of actors. And I just decided that I wanted to pursue voice acting just mm-hmm. completely. So I kind of sunset my theatrical and TV and film career and just dove in with two feet to just be a voice actor. And that's. Kind of how I got to where I am today. That's awesome. Do you remember when you first started? Was there
0: one like mistake that you made? I mean, because voiceover is still such a mystery to so many people in the industry. So it's kind of like this uncharted territory. Did you make any mistakes at the beginning that you're like, oh my gosh, wish I hadn't done that?
1: Yeah, I there there are two that come to mind. So. I have I had one where, you know, in my very kind of early stages of working with an agent, I booked I booked a job and then a year later the client had reached out to me directly and was like, "Hey, we'd love to use your voice again for that same campaign that we did last year? Um, are you you know is it all right for us to work with you directly? And like I didn't even think about it because I was like, oh, I can just I can just you know send the agent who booked me a commission to like thank them for making the introduction or whatever. I didn't know that I should have just said, oh, we should work through the agent who did this job, right? And have the con- have the client contact them so they can handle the negotiations and make sure I'm not getting underpaid and things like that. Um, and the agent was you know, a little furious that the client was trying to go around them. Um, But anyway, you know, we we took care of that. Yeah. So that was one, you know, just kind of understanding the representation client relationship for the buyers versus the representation client relationship with the talent. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other thing was... Like, just, you you don't know what you don't know. Like, when I first <laughs> started doing auditions, you know, I plugged my USB microphone into my laptop, and I would just record in my bedroom kind of, like, anywhere. And, like, I really, you know, I didn't have the ear training to know that I was sending kind of my first auditions off with, like, more room noise and tone and reflections than actual voice in there. Yeah and i didn't really know anything about levels and i didn't know anything about how to remove breaths and things like that so you know if i if i could like dig in the the depths of my, you know, emails and go back to like, you know, 2000, 2010, 2011, when I was sending my first voiceover auditions. And if I opened them up in my in my DAW now and looked at like what I recorded, <laughs> right. I would probably be so embarrassed to see oh. how bad the audio was. But, oh, yeah. you know, I feel like I got an MBA in audio editing just by watching, you know, YouTube tutorials and learning about all the different things and taking advice from people like George Woodham and Tim Mm Tippett and Larry Hudson and all of that stuff, you know, finally realizing like, oh, it's actually more than just plugging the microphone in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's so true. I know. I wish that yeah, I wish that we could actually I, I probably should try and pull, well, I don't know if I have one, but pull one of my first auditions. I I would be so embarrassed to post it. because You be know, like, I, oh. will, I will dig
1: back in my email and oh. if I can find one that doesn't seem like it had an NDA attached to it, I'll right. send it to you and you can oh my put it in with the episode. That's amazing. <laughs> I
0: love it. Listen, we got to start somewhere, right? That's right. That's right.
1: Oh, well, nowhere to go but (laughs)
0: Exactly. You know, you are so good, Maria, at the business of voiceover. And that's one of the things that we talk about at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio all the time is like, you've got to think about your voiceover career like a small business. And you are just so good at that. So was that something you just were naturally good at from the get go? Or is that something that
1: you've learned along the way? I think it's a combination of both. I am a unique actor in that I uh worked in banking before I became a full-time actor. <laughs> um, when I graduated from college, I took a job with a bank in New York City as a way of moving to New York City. I had college loans to pay off, and I really couldn't go straight into paying, you know, first months, last months, and security in New York City without a full-time job. So I yeah. took a full-time job with a bank, and I was planning on—my plan was, you know, I'm just going to do this job for like a year or two— make a dent in my loans, get established, figure it out and then I'm going to be on Broadway. That was the plan. Yeah. Um I ended up working at that bank for like 8 years and wow. I did stuff on the side. I was acting on the side. I was doing cabaret and things like that. Um so I have always been very comfortable talking about money. I understand money. I understand finances. I understand financial statements. Um and I've had a part-time job since I was probably illegally not allowed to. Like I filled in for paper routes. I uh, scooped poop at horse stalls. I was a dishwasher in an Italian restaurant. I worked at the grocery store. I did filing in a box factory, like all of these things when I was in like middle school and high school. Um, so I've always been like Hustling for money to fund my hobbies. yeah, uh, in in high school, I was like trying to get money to buy, like the Broadway cast albums and like the sheet <laughs> music of things that I was seeing on the Tony Awards. And, um, you know, I was babysitting, you know, for gas money and things like that. Um, so I've always I've always kind of known the value of my time and my work as that equates to what I want in my life. So kind of that combined with the financial acumen that I gained from working at a bank and having that exposure to kind of all things corporate America, from the money to the paperwork to the processes and procedures, I brought all of that and kind of just my... I'm, I'm, I've, I'm like a, I've been bossy since like the very, very beginning. So <laughs> yes, that like girl. that acumen and like my, my bossy girl, like Leo attitude and a love of spreadsheets. I brought that into my acting business. And I feel like a lot of, I think actors get a bad rap. Actors get a bad rap for being flaky and not good with numbers and all that stuff. And I don't think that's fair. There's, there's plenty of people who have all sorts of jobs who are flaky and not good with numbers. Right. But um, I did come into the acting career with a unique set of training and skill sets that I was immediately able to apply to looking at my voiceover career as a business. And I was able to see, like, how different it was from just the acting that I was doing as a theater and stage actor, where you have, you know, a lot less involvement and control. You know, you really are you really are a talent for hire, you know, when you're not at that celebrity level and you're not kind of part of the high-level decision-making. It's just like report here, sign the contract, you're done. Um, voiceover, there's you know when you're when you're looking for your own work, there's a lot more discussion. You know, you're asking questions about how your voice is going to be used. You're the you're running your own accounts payable and receivable department. You're running your own you know IT technical department. You're running your own marketing department. You're running your own services department. So it's a little bit it's a little bit different. So. Mm-hmm. That kind of that the acumen that I had and bringing that in allowed me to think of myself not only as an actor who, who performs, but also a woman who's running a small business.
0: I love that. And you've been at this for enough time that you've experienced to the ebbs and flows of voiceover um, to talk. Tell me about that. Like, what have you found has helped you or worked for you when there are those kind of lulls or downtimes? Um, I mean, do you meditate? Do you, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> sing, <laughs> dance? What do you do?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I've definitely, I, I feel like the time that I've been in voiceover, like, we've already had so many, like, systemic, like, sea changes happening. Mm-hmm. Um, When I first, first started my career, like, that was the first shift of union and non-union. Um, and then, you know, the, de- the whole democratization of the media sphere happened through the genesis of my career. So, you know, we moved to... You know, instead of seeing only television on two, four and seven and 60 cable channels, we've gone to like 700 cable channels available and cord cutting and OTT and addressable TV and all of these different streaming services and, um, you know, online ads and being able to deliver dynamic advertising like unique ad to unique person. Like we've seen this whole genesis of like. All of the industries that we serve shake up from the time that I started to where we are now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like every year is like another revolutionary change in like how how we are working, how our voices are being used. And now even just in the world we live in, living in such a voice-first world where our refrigerators are talking to us, right? So it's been interesting to see. For me, I try not to get caught up in the fray. I think that's one thing. Um, And I... I, I am not someone who meditates. <laughs> I, uh, I I am not I'm not a calm person. I am I'm a, I am a I'm a loud boisterous Italian. I think I am probably more prone to screaming and crying and yeah. like stomping off to release stress <laughs> than to like. Calm my my inner self. Um, I meet with a therapist every two weeks via mm-hmm. a video conferencing tool, which I recommend for anybody. Um, you know, even if you have great friends that you talk to, and your spouse or your partner that you talk to, having another person who's totally outside of the action to just listen to you, uh, even if they just listen and validate that what you're saying is true and not crazy and all of that thing, I find that really helpful. Um, I have. Uh, two what I call accountability buddies that I meet with every week. We have lunch on Wednesday. We are three voice actors around the same level and stage in our career. So we hold each other accountable to our goals. We lift each other up. We, you know, celebrate with each other when we have wins. Um, I find that really helpful. And then I think it's also just important to like unplug and have a life Mm -hmm. so and that has been really hard this year with COVID-19 especially those of us who are were already kind of the home studio warriors um being able to separate work and life and like really like turn the lights off in the studio and say like I am I am done for the day um especially those of us who live on the East Coast and have representation on the West Coast, like, time really bleeds into, and it's like, (laughs) what is night? What is evening? Yeah, So, you know, being able to just say, like, that can wait until tomorrow. I'm making a separation here. Uh, you know, I'm unplugging. And then also I made a point to book out a couple times this year. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no trips. Projecting myself still at home quarantined. But I emailed my agents and I said, hey, I'm taking three days off. If a client who I have worked with before or an audition I did two weeks ago wants to book me, Call me on my phone. I'm happy to take that booking or I'm happy to serve a client who already knows and loves me. But I'm going to take myself out of the audition rat race for three days. I'm going to take myself out of, you know, the email traffic and scheduling and avail checks and all of that for three days. Just give me a couple days of like eyeball break and vocal rest. And they were all they all were like, great, have fun relax, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really helpful.
0: Yeah, that is so helpful. I've been trying to do that too more often. And that has been huge. Um, just by saying like, no, setting that boundaries. I'm going to take this time just to, yeah, unplug a little bit. Yeah, um, Maria, what has been one of the biggest changes or like mindset shifts or techniques or something that has really impacted your career in a positive way? That's a really
1: good question. Um, I think one is you can't be everything to everyone. I think I, when I first came into this, I was like, I want to do everything I can do. I want to do commercials. I want to do narrations. I want to do documentaries. I want to be an animation voice. I want to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to just like take a beat and recognize that you can't do 14 things at once Um, you can add them over time but like no one is born with 14 different fully produced genre demos ready to go Mm. Um, so I've added over time so I think that was one thing right when I was starting out like just like letting it letting things happen organically and not trying to be a jack of all trades and a master of none so Mm -hmm. that that's one Um, I've also I mean, I've been acting since I was 11, so I've always had a very good relationship with rejection. I've always known that, you know, if I'm doing my best and I'm putting myself out there, you know, it, as you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Um, you know, of course, I've had a couple of, you know, heartbreaks where, like, you know, you know that it's between you and someone else for something that you really want. And you are the bridesmaid, not the bride at the end. Right. right. Um, so you know, just being being okay with that and knowing that there uh, of all the things you can control, getting the job is actually not the thing you can control. Right. So like keeping so keeping a good relationship with that, um, and I I think the other one is. Um, I got this from uh, the conference Fafcon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever attended Fafcon. Yeah. Um, but one of the mantras there is a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. So if there's more work and we're all working, that's good for everyone. Yeah. So I look at everyone in the voiceover world as my colleagues instead of my competition. Mm-hmm. And if someone is getting a great contract and a great rate, even if I didn't get it, it's still good for all of us. So um, true. and I think thinking of it that way is is really healthy, and I think it's good for longevity,
0: yeah, it's so true, so true, so true because even if you look at it um as they they are your competitor, it does nothing good for you. It doesn't no. help you move forward at all. So there's no. just no point in even considering that. so exactly. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So you've given us such great, like, kind of insight and um, even just advice. So thank you so much um, because so many people that are listening, they're either starting their career or maybe they're kind of still, like, in the beginning stages. Um, But I want to know right now where you're at right now in your career. And we've had this whole COVID thing happen over the past year. But what is something that you're working towards right now
1: in your career? Um. There are two things that I am actively kind of working towards and working to cultivate. Um last summer, so that would have been summer 2019, I attended um the voiceover mastery retreat with Randy Thomas in California. Yes. And that retreat in 2019 was focused on promo and trailer, which mm-hmm. is not and g- not genres where women are typically the primary choice. Right. Um Promos, promos have changed a little bit, but trailer is still very, very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed getting to do the work at this retreat and just, like, stretching vocal muscles and trying things that mm-hmm. felt, like, completely off the wall compared to the things that I normally work on, like – you know, totally different than commercials and corporate narration and e-learning and explainer videos, the the things that are the bread and butter of my business. So um, kind of all year I've been playing around with trailer stuff. So I just made a new trailer demo that um, I'm going to be uploading to my websites and social. And I've been taking classes uh, mostly out of L.A. when they offer like the like an educational opportunity to work with trailer producers, people who are cutting trailers and stuff, and I've been trying to put myself in front of those people. Um, You know, I don't know if I'm going to be voicing a major, you know, cinematic theatrical trailer. But, you know, mm-hmm. even just playing around with the trailers that they're releasing for things on digital and streaming and, you know, they're doing spots for um, movies and new releases and stuff that come out, you know, straight to Instagram or even TikTok or things like right. that. So using a female voice, as I feel like, is, you know, less of a dramatic choice when the platform is changing of where the trailer is being viewed. Right. Um, so that's one thing. And then um, also I have... Um, Uh, coached with uh, Randy Thomas also and I'm working on producing a live announcing demo. Oh, I love Um, it. And I just, you know, I just love doing that kind of stuff. Um, This year I had the privilege of being the in-show announcer for the Columbus Symphony Orchestra's holiday concert, which is um, airing this holiday season and it's going to be streaming on their website. And I just love the, I love that, the, you know, being able to do like a very grand announcer voice like over a symphonic orchestra like (laughs) lead in because it's so different from what everyone asks for now. You know, Mm -hmm. everything in commercial is like, we don't want an announcer. We don't want a voice actor. We want someone you've just ripped off the street and put in front of a mic and like sometimes I just really want to do that big grandiose announcer sound mm-hmm. um so those are those are two genres that I really enjoy um and they're not necessarily you know the highest highest paid opportunities or the most prevalent opportunities but Mm -hmm. um, those are two genres that I just get to play in it feels very low risk Um, Mm -hmm. and it's different it's different than the day-to-day and I like shaking it up a little bit
0: yeah that's great we missed each other by one year of the VO mastery I was there I did there (laughs) did it the year before and just love Randy and she's awesome so yeah me too uh, I can't wait to hear your um, your demo with her to the the live narration. That's awesome. Well, Maria, thank you again so much for joining us today. And if people want to be able to follow you, um, how can they do that? Or how can they find out more about you?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my voiceover website is voicebymaria.com. And I am active on social on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Maria Pendo, M-A-R-I-A-P-E-N-D-O. And um, I uh, have offered, you know, business coaching and things like that in 2020. I'm going to be relaunching it for 2021. And I will be sharing out on my social medias for sure of where you can find me in 2021 for that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will put all that information in the show notes as well. So if you weren't weren't able to catch that, if you're driving or something, don't worry. We got you. We got (laughs) you. Maria, thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you for what you do for the voiceover community and just who you are as a person. And I look forward to getting to know you even more uh, throughout the years. And um, yeah, just here to support you and cheer young girl.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome.